This program is brought to you by Haymarket Books as part of our live event series. Haymarket Books is a radical, independent publisher dedicated to connecting social movements with the ideas they need in the struggle for a better world. You can help support the Haymarket Project by buying books at haymarketbooks.org and especially by joining the Haymarket Book Club. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and the Haymarket YouTube channel to access all of our upcoming events. Welcome, 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 y'all, to Black Latinx. My name is Gabriel Cortez. I curated this event, and I got two grandparents that rock two gold teeth. Hi, y'all. I'm Tiana Bratcher. Um, And I don't have two grandparents that are rocking gold teeth, but I got some siblings and nibblings that are on their way to rocking some silver teeth. Uh, (laughs) But uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, So, yes, I'm Tiana. And I want to give a shout out to our DJ tonight, DJ Sandy. Can y'all give it up for Sandy? Thanks for holding it down on the music. Um, So tonight, y'all, we are having an all-Black Latinx showcase in celebrate of the Breakbeat Poets Volume 4 Latinx, which is a poetry anthology that was released earlier this year by Haymarket Books. That's right. This show was organized in collaboration with The Root Slam, an Oakland poetry venue that Tiana, Sandy, and I help organize. You can plug in and join our community by visiting rootslam.org and following us on social media at The Root Slam. So go ahead and follow us right now. We do free online poetry writing workshops every second and fourth Saturday with second Saturdays dedicated exclusively to Black community. So please come on through. And before we begin... I wanted to acknowledge that here in Oakland, we occupy the stolen land of the Chichenyo or Lonely People. We give honor to the village of Hushin and the Lishan Waterways. We mourn the ongoing genocide of Native peoples, which America was violently founded upon. We recognize that Native peoples and their movements are alive today, and we affirm our continued commitment to supporting Indigenous resistance. And also as we acknowledge the indigenous peoples who have and continue to live here, steward this land and resist settler colonialism. We also acknowledge that this country has been built on the forced labor of African people through violent systematic abduction from their homelands and enslavement over hundreds of years. We acknowledge the impacts that this has had on African descendants through the country's development. We are in solidarity with our incarcerated folks, the victims of sex trafficking, and the undocumented laborers who are exploited for profit and whom represent the perpetuation of slavery in this country. Yes, yes, y'all. If you can get down with that, wherever you're at, I need you to say ashe. Ashe. Wherever you are, say aight then. Aight then. Cool. So let me tell you a little bit about this event because we've been planning it for a little while now. So... We created this event because one, the world has been wild and I've wanted to do nothing more than to gather and share space with my family and folks that look like my family. Two, because the particular violences that we're experiencing in the United States and throughout the world, from police violence to border violence, the impact of COVID-19 are disproportionately impacting Black folks, Latinx folks, and especially Black Latinx folks. And wanted to make a space that centers our voices in the many ways that they manifest. And three, because each of these poets that are sharing the mic is brilliant tonight. And even if we are for some reason, like not able to gather today, we're gathered right here. So shout out to this beautiful pink book and its editors and its publishers, Haymarket Books, for pushing us, um, for passing us the key to throw this virtual party. Yes, 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 yes. In addition to that, 
Um, yes, also welcome again. Um, and we just want to let y'all know that tonight, 50% of our donations um, are going towards Roots Community Health Center, which is in East Oakland. Um, they have been serving Black, Latinx folks um, who have been most impacted by COVID-19 uh, with free medical resources and have been doing important work in communities since 2008 with a lens on healthcare dedicated towards fighting the impacts of systemic violence. Um, their staff is also hella black, which we love. Um, and so any donations tonight, 50% of that will be going to Roots Community Health Center. Um, you can give us donations at, um, through our Venmo, which is at the Roots Land. Yeah, tight. All right, so now that we got all that, let's get the show started. Um, so tonight you'll be hearing poetry from Jennifer Falu, Julian Randall, John Murillo, Nicole Seeley, and Elizabeth Acevedo. That's right, and I'm super excited to get to introduce our first poet coming to the virtual mic. So I got a bio that I'm gonna read to y'all. So Jennifer Falu, is a celebrated performance artist throughout New York City and across the country. As a member of the 2006, 2009, 2012, and 2014 New Yorican Poets Cafe Slam teams, she became the top female poet of the year in 2006 and ranked third in both 2009 and 2012 and was one quarter of the tri-state area's first all-female poetry slam team as a performer. Falu has shared the stage with Jennifer Holliday and Patti LaBelle. Woo! A recent graduate of Pratt's MFA writing and activism program, she is currently a leadership coordinator for a middle school and a case manager in the social services field dealing directly with homeless families. A Cave Canum fellow, she is using her writing as an acti her writing as activism work for Black Poets Speak Out and Black Lives Matter. She is the author of four books and published in several anthologies. Jennifer Falu is the proud mother of two children, a loyal Brooklynite, and believes in fashion. Seriously, go ahead and clap it up wherever you're at for Falu. Bios make me so uncomfortable. <laughs> Meet me on the corner of black and woman. There. You will find me. Picket sign high, high, cause white people are annoying. Period, blood rimmed along socks. Let me bleed out like my brothers. Meet me at the corner of women and poor. Titty swinging, can't afford milk, and I've been feeding every fucking body anyway. Meet me on the corner of poor and uneducated. I'll be there. Books balanced on head, baby on hips, we keep coming. Meet me on the corner of uneducated and addicted. Pipe in hand, talking that real shit. We've been the reason, the rehab and the relapse. Meet me on the corner of addicted and recidivism. Mother got time today. Meet me on the corner of recidivism and schizophrenia. You'll see me calm and in the wild. Meet me on the corner of schizophrenia and homeless. I'm around always. Hands up, arms up. Don't shoot. I'm talking to me. You talking to me. Stop talking. I'm in the wild. Meet me on the corner of homeless and low income. I'll be on the curb counting pennies. We can make it till the first. We've been making it till the first. Meet me on the corner of the first and the 15th, homie. My niggas own the place. So I'm going to do a series of short poems. Um, and this poem is for my brother. <clears throat> if you didn't know a hurricane was coming, you would think it was only raining. Dan Gatsby. 
And you would think after the fourth time Chele licked his skin, he would actually wash his ass. Ay, boo, ven acá, ven aquí. Ahora, ahora, ahora. And you would think after the third ahora that he knew the slap in the back of the neck was coming. And you would think that after the second time she made him shower, that she that he would know that she was listening outside the door. And you would think that after the first time she told him, wah, you taste like salty, that he would know the steam from the shower wouldn't be enough to convince her not to tell Pampa. And you would think that after she told Pampa that he refused to take a shower, that he would be nervous. Well, not my brother. You thought wrong. My brother had this thing. He maybe it's a teenage boy thing. I don't know, but (laughs) he refused. Uh, And that's part of a larger series of poems that I uh, wrote about my brother. Um, And I'm going to read two more poems. Um, And this one is actually from the anthology. Nigga, everything a black girl does is black. She breathed black. She talked black. She dressed black, like the omen. This is for my homies, and you know me, for making niggas so sick. Queen B, black, no bleach. Queen B, black, no blonde. Fox, boogie, black, no brown. I raised you, basically made you. Red lip on deck by birthright. Red lip on dick by choice. Shut up on this black girl hour. When it's bruja heavy, Santera, dear God, if you hear God, make the fire disappear when they stare, God. Take away my fear when they when they interfere, God. Black girls be salt in an open flesh wound, flesh wound, open, sea of agony slayed for the gods. Oya, oh yeah, do you fear God? Because I fear God. So then this young black girl. Que Dios te bendiga, black girl. Assalamu alaikum, black girl. Assalamu alaikum, black girl. Alhamdulillah, black girl. Alhamdulillah, black girl. Alhamdulillah, black girl. Alhamdulillah, black girl. La tribu sabe. And the last poem I'm going to do um, is one of two poems that I've always said that I was going to bring these two people into the room regardless of the reading um, I was doing. And one is Bashar Baraka Jackson and the other is Shamani Makiba Gibson. Um, I'm going to do this poem for Bashar Baraka Jackson uh, because we are doing a Latinx reading and um, Pop Smoke represents Panama. So I'm going to read this poem for Bashar Baraka Jackson, AKA Pop Smoke. Somewhere there is the spirit of a colored boy with 23 days left before he sees heaven, but 17 not with us. A colored boy, head plaited like the L train, tracks on tracks on tracks with alabaster teeth and a trombone throat. But also, here lies a colored boy who even in the empty knew his mother was coming. Here lies a colored boy who even after the empty knew we were coming as he belongs to us. Still, 
in spite of, because of life after death, notorious or Nipsey or Malcolm or Baldwin or Bashar or Bismillah, bringer of good news and hood news. So this poem is for the duality of colored boys, for the ones who drink Henny during communion, who turn wine into whiskey because the chest burn reminds them of a pierced side. Reminds them of a crucifixion, reminds them of father, forgive them, for they know not what they do of woman, behold thy son, reminds them of three days later. This poem is for my niggas whose cup runneth over. So they pour out some for the homies and throw a little back for Jesus, for the colored boys whose beauty is incomprehensible, for Baraka. A divine connection, a blessing, the Sufis say, a power that only God can grant or withhold. Look how we prove that God is a colored boy, how we mourn him accordingly, how we praise him differently, how we won't look like what we go through and still we go and have joy. Look how we win. Look how we brought our pain and made it a tribe. Look how we locked arm. Know that when you see a colored boy, you see a war cry. When you see a colored boy, you see a Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost and apology and Alhamdulillah. Uh, let me fix this because here is my son. Son, this poem is for the colored boys who set claim and personify. He lives in me who body and embody Katachi. This poem is for the warriors who the church discarded when the finger bend became too much for the colored boys who pray even when God is the weapon formed against them. This poem is for Robert Hooks, who was the only reason some colored boys survived and thrived or returned for blessed is the man who fills his quiver for he shall not be put to shame. This poem is for the colored boys who don't listen but keep their ear to the street who don't always come home, but know where home is for the colored boys who are so done with death, they refuse to die. Here lies a colored boy whose voice will live forever. Press play for the colored boy who refused to die. Press play for the colored boy who refused to remain small. Press play for the colored boy so bright with rebellion because he knew his father was coming. Here lies a colored boy who knew he was God, so press play. Press play, press play. A, A, A. Woo! Thank you. That's right, DJ Sandy's listening. We press and play, y'all. Come on now. <laughs> I heard the poet say, shut up when it's black girl hour. When it's brew hot heavy, meet me on the corner. This poem is for the warriors, y'all. And we give it up for all the black girls and all the black boys and non-binary black folks and all the intersections we sit at, y'all. So also got a shout out Panama. What? I'm like, when I hear my people called into the space, y'all, wherever you're at, go ahead, snap it up, clap it up one more time for Falu. Thank you. Thank you for blessing us, starting off this amazing this show, Breaking the Ice. So I'm going to go ahead and pass it on over to Tiana, who's got the next poll for y'all. Yes, yes. So coming up next to our virtual stage, um, I'm going to read this bio. So John Murillo is the author of the poetry collection Up Jump the Boogie, finalist for both the Kate Tufts Discovery Award and the Pen Open Book Award and Contemporary American Poetry. His honors include two Larry Neal Writers Awards, a pair of Pushcart Prizes, the J. Howard and Barbara M.J. Wood Prize from the Poetry Foundation, and fellowships from the National Endowment of National Endowment for the Arts, the Breadloaf Writers Conference, Fine Arts Work Center in Provincetown, Cave Canem 
Foundation and the Wisconsin Institute for Creative Writing. Recent poems have appeared or are forthcoming in such publications as American Poetry Review, Poetry, and Best American Poetry 2017, 2019, and 2020. He is an assistant professor of English and director of the Creative Writing Program at Wesleyan University and also teaches in the Low Residency MFA Program at Sierra Nevada University. And he lives in Brooklyn. Y'all please give it up for John Murillo. Hey, how's everybody feeling? Yeah, you're gonna tell me how. Right. Um, I want to first say thank you to Haymarket um, and for uh, Gabriel for organizing this, for Tiana, for Sandy, and for all the poets reading today, and for everybody tuning in. Uh, you know, it's not often that we get to share this kind of space, especially nowadays. And you know, this isn't the same thing as being together physically, but it's the next best thing. So, you know, thank y'all for. Uh, um, I'm going to read three poems, uh, one, two of my own, but I want to start um, by bringing into the space uh, one of my OGs, which is one of your OGs as well, uh, the poet Martina Espada, um, reading from his book, the title poem, Imagine the Angels of Bread. And this poem has stayed on my mind a lot recently, given everything that's been going on in the world, all of the protests worldwide, right? Um, I think this is a time of change and uh, I feel it in my bones. And um, I just wanna pay homage to all the people who are bringing about that change, whatever way that, that you, you are doing so. So uh, imagine the angels of bread. This is the year that squatters evict landlords, gazing like admirals from the rail of the roof deck or levitating hands in praise of steam in the shower. This is the year that shawled refugees deport judges who stare at the floor and their swollen feet as files are stamped with their destination. This is the year that police revolvers stove hot blister the fingers of raging cops and nightsticks splinter in their palms. This is the year that dark-skinned men lynched a century ago, returned to sip coffee quietly with the apologizing descendants of their executioners. This is the year that those who swim the border's undertow and shiver in boxcars are greeted with trumpets and drums at the first railroad crossing on the other side. This is the year that the hands pulling tomatoes from the vine uproot the deed to the earth that sprouts the vine. The hands canning tomatoes are named in the will that owns the bedlam of the cannery. This is the year that the eyes stinging from the poison that purifies toilets awaken at last to the sight of a rooster loud hillside pilgrimage of immigrant birth. This is the year that cockroaches become extinct, that no doctor finds a roach embedded in the ear of an infant. This is the year that food stamps of adolescent mothers are auctioned like gold doubloons and no coin is given to buy machetas for the next bouquet of severed heads in coffee plantation country. If the abolition of slave manacles began as a vision of hands without manacles, 
then this is the year. If the shutdown of extermination camps began as imagination of a land without barbed wire or the crematorium, then this is the year. If every rebellion begins with the idea that conquerors on horseback are not many-legged gods, that they too drown if plunged in the river, then this is the year. So may every humiliated mouth, teeth like desecrated headstones, fill with the angels of bread. That's Martinez, Father. Imagine the angels of bread. All right, um, so I'm gonna read two poems, one not so long and one that's a little bit long. And these aren't the poems that I plan to read uh, tonight, but um, I don't know, something about seeing uh, Gabe and Tiana and Sandy uh, made me homesick. So I'm gonna read two West Coast poems, uh, which is funny because this uh, first poem is kind of about the opposite of homesickness. A um, little background information. I am from LA originally, and I left, <laughs> LA, or where? Um, I left not too long after the, um, the Rodney King rebellions. And um, a few years ago, um, when Michael Brown was murdered, um, and you know, a lot of the protests were happening. I had students who were uh, going to Ferguson to protest. And uh, you know, I remember having conversations with them and just kind of tripping over the fact that I'm now like the OG that the students look to for advice. And it happened not too far from the 25th anniversary of the Rodney King rebellions, right? So it made me really look back on my life in that time. Um, Around the same time, uh, my grandmother died and I went out to California um, for the funeral. And while I was out there, I drove through my old neighborhood and um, the building where I spent a lot of my childhood wasn't there anymore. Like the address didn't exist. Um, and somebody from the neighborhood told me that it had burned uh, during the riots. Um, so all these things kind of came together and, and uh, led to me writing this poem. The poem is called Mercy, Mercy Me. And as you know, it takes us title from a Marvin Gaye song. And if you know that, then you know the next lines are things ain't what they used to be. Crips, bloods, and butterflies. A sunflower somehow planted in the alley. It's broken neck. Maybe memory is all the home you get and rage where you first learn how fragile the axis upon which everything tilts. But to say you've come to terms with a city that's never loved you might be overstating things a bit. All you know is there was once a walk up where now sits a lot vacant and rats in deep grass hide themselves from the day. That one apartment fire set back in 76, one the streets called arson to collect a claim, could not do ultimately what the city itself did, left 
to its own dank devices some 16 years later. Rebellions, said some. Riots, said the rest. In any case, flames. In the home you knew, ash. It's not an actual memory, but you remember it still. A rust bottom dot set back in 76. One this a rust bottom Datsun handed down, then stolen, stripped, recovered, and built back from bolts, driving away in May 1992. What's left of that life quivers in the rear view, the world on fire, and half your head with it. That scared me a little bit. I saw the second voice. I was like, I know what's going on. Um, and this last poem uh, I'll read is called uh, Santayana the Muralist. And it's from the first book, actually, but I haven't read it in a while. But uh, again, something about seeing your faces made me want to read this. Outside Chong's liquor store, you'll meet a man spraying corridos along a facade. He carries the soul of La Raza in his cans, he claims. Hopes to change the world one wall at a time. His bold blues, greens, and golds bring to mind the photos he pour over in National Geographic. Pink caps dot the sidewalk like spilled Skittles. His Dodgers cap tilts to one side, more pachuco than painter. This man aerosols Aslan across Barrio Brick for all the poor to see. Aztec warriors, old Mexican washwomen, Dios del Sol. See his low riders and zoot suitors, battle badges and blue uniforms. Sabes que hombre, things don't change much around here. Haven't really changed since Roosevelt and his American concentration camps. He fingers the pump on a can of crimson. Blew me away when I read about that shit. The white man points at Hitler and calls him evil. Please, his soul should burn the way he locked up in Japanese. A poorly dressed elderly man walks over. Santayana pours a fistful of nickels into his dingy fedora. Fingers more change in his other pocket. Gives that away too. The sole heir to the Rivera legacy, let him tell it. Keeps a buck knife close as skin, but still believes that man's true nature beneath the grind is gold. His blue sputters, coughs, falls from his hand. This blue is the hardest of all to match. With aerosol, you can't pour and blend like the ancients did with plants and clays. Nowadays, a man got to mix while he sprays. But that could change a whole piece through silence. And the cat don't really tell what's inside the can. Kind of like the soul, you know? Like you can look beautiful on the outside and your soul be all fucked up on the inside. How blood drips red, but it's blue in your veins. Can't tell shit from the outside, man. His cap tilted back, a faded gang tattoo wipes a sweaty brow. He pours a 40 down his throat, stares down the sun. Yep, change gonna have to come. 
or we all going to be like that old man, not only in his pocket, but in his soul, he's poor. Singing the blues, in fact. But check it. Begging change. You think the man just means the coins in his cap? Thank you. for bringing other poets work into the space and just you know um calling on folks who you know can't be here or just not here in this space right and understanding that this conversation and these poems and all of this work exists beyond this moment and exists you know in, in a larger group of us um so thank you for that um and you really got me when you said uh memory is maybe memory is all the home you get. Woo, woo, um, that was, wow, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and thank you for, for putting on for the West Coast, you know? Uh, <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've gone somewhere else and like have disclosed to people that I'm Dominican and they're like, what part of New York are you from? And I'm like, tight, <laughs> I'm from the West. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Um, I'm gonna pass it over to Gabe, who's gonna tell us who's coming on next. Right on, right on, right on. We got a mighty pole coming up to the virtual stage right now, y'all. So I'm going to read the bio. Julian Randall is a living queer black poet from Chicago. He has received fellowships from Cave Canem, Canto Mundo, Callaloo, Boat, and The Watering Hole. Julian is the recipient of a Pushcart Prize. He's the winner of the 2019 Betty Burzon Emerging Writer Award from the Publishing Triangle. His poetry has been published in New York Times Magazine, Plowshares, and Poetry, and anthologized in the Breakbeat Poets Volume 4, Napantla, and Furious Flower. He has essays in Vibe, Black Nerd Problems, and other venues. He holds an MFA in poetry from Ole Miss. His first book of poetry, Refuse, is the winner of the 2017 Cave Canem Poetry Prize and a, and a finalist for the 2019 NAACP Image Award in Poetry. He talks a lot about poems and other things on Twitter at Julian the Poet. So make sure to follow him and wherever you're at, clap it up and snap it up for Julian. Good, y'all. Everybody can hear me? Cool. The Zero Country. Bullets starved of their true purpose, rust in the cradle like poorly gilded acorns, was the beginning to a failed poem about my mother. I pirouette. I blossom light. Thick of sweat, Mississippi, uncertain sky, and nowhere to be desired this consistently. Oh, I know a collision of imaginings. Here, I was a thing that people said, oh my, oh my, and never finished the sentence. What was meant was said. I'm delaying the season of bruised light as if I was not born in the azure of one thirst wrestling down another. I pledged allegiance to an impossibility. I swore to my mother I would not die here, and she said, how many men? Now I base heavy, likely Hoya, likely beast, swelter shadow where a man should be hammering me into a ring. What did we know? What did we know of the men that happened between the cotton? Boy after boy, honey sharp against me, I ignore them all because I'm not sure I love living. But I mind dying less than I mind being made a liar, a mother then. 
how I miswrote a thing I couldn't see and still the moral was creation. Oh, language, oh, what exactly was I looking for and how did I fail it with? Even in our other self, Pariguayo, Pariguayo. Eyes along the wall, what surveillance cradles the biggest knife. My knees stiff and I am of the enemy in one south and among the enemy in another. Oh, language, oh, parallel invocations, aperture gleaming to either side of the undeniable body. This one, with which more than once I have taken to my knees in the dark and hauled the sound out of a man an inch at a time. Here, where in the season before this south, my mother said, Mississippi, said, how many? said, I would sooner kill you myself, what's left? That was then and now magnolias, brief brides, grenade blooms to bell blooms to a tree swollen with dresses. I could have been beautiful here, I think. Oh, binary, binary, I repeat the knife to mirror as the boy reaches for me in the bright light of the gas station. I am already done with want. I fumbled desire or I said no and parched my mouth with how much I meant it. Depends who you ask. I endless legion of rain or I hummingbird cuffed the thirst barren flute in the country where what I am is a synonym for owned. I am a city you can drown in, but only if I go first. Oh my, oh my. The cotton calls as I pass through. Oh my, oh my, moans the boy plunging into his not me. Oh, isolation. My salve, my saliva, the shiniest of gibberish, strings my yawn, a defunct harp. I'm safe. I'm safe. Ultimately, I repeat and it becomes my gender. I turn my hands to me. Small mercy. What I invite will end me. Oh my, oh my. I pledge in the cleaver state. I blade and kiss the gap beside me. Uh, Root Slam was good. Uh, we got Randall. Um, gonna do like two more quick poems. Well, one's kind of quick and one is not so quick. Uh, and then, yeah, just like grateful to be here with everybody. Um, this is a lineup full of my heroes. Uh, thank you, Root Slam. Thank you, Pain Market. Especially shout out to, you know, uh, Chicago, my hometown. Uh, glad to be home. Uh, the only thing I think that y'all need to know about this poem is at one point, Emil Griffith was the black welterweight champion of the world. He was also openly bisexual and killed a homophobic opponent in the ring. They could forgive me for killing a man, but not for loving one, Emil Griffith. When I beat him, every lens swelled shut. I got fight stories to tell that shame hunger for the percussion involved in return. Imagine what a child imagines. The answer to everything is in a man's mouth just because it's where the music begins. I didn't mean anything similar to lust when we started. He called me a faggot and the uvula is analogous to a speed bag. You know the duality of my percussion. I like to dance in the swelter of need regardless of the body. I like to make the skin quiver on what might come back. I understand. The sad calculus of vanity, beauty springs from the unforgiven. I can't say his death was anything like anything I have ever wanted on purpose. Rather, consider the slaughter I would have to make to shame even an American eye for decades. I did not do anything that a kiss couldn't. I unbloomed an iris, sucked the teeth from his mouth, then resumed being beautiful, loving what I was famous for ending. The privilege of champions is what you kill, only visits in dreams. What do I know at this point of the melody of begging, but the way swell restrains an M, maripon, 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 mari, mari, mary, mercy, mercy, the knuckle a seed in the soil of the eye, the gusts of blood sowing the canvas, a proliferation of roses. This, my most public sin, 
that I did not watch him die, but I was told and was unsurprised. I skim the petals of scar tissue from my hands until my knuckles are riddled with tender lenses. I sleep next to my man. I sleep with one wound open. Quick swig of water, last poem. Uh, thanks so much for rocking with me, y'all. Flex. Hear me. Neglect turned everything to gold. Midas touch. I turn the comfortable to the dead at anti-elegy though. I'm learning not to mourn what I make. It's a complex. This gravity I birth unknowing, not my complex, yours. Say it. I am owned by several things, all of them inherited from a horizon claim before I was language, invoke the historical something, 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 change, something, something, something unworthy. I'm citizen of a clumsy imperative. Belonging is a concern of a self-identity. Past participle implies the historical is a mob. Try again, mob my own lonely and was legion, citizen of betrayal citizen of the going, going, going recursion. This fugitive state is native to me as my father's eyes, chestnut of a tree felled before we were language. See, inheritance is a hell of a drug. We black and highly valued for our flex. I said what I said and became citizen of this petty excuse for forever. Flex on them then. Invocation of the bicep I have and the bicep throttling me. I live here now, Mississippi, and everywhere is everywhere that someone may have escaped from fugitive, sad motivation for river. It's a strange thing that belief you are beautiful be a subversion of the water, but here I am, winter gasping at the conditions, too weak to even strangle the grass, the soil, no. Instead, trees feathered with their hollowed offspring. Here the wind don't howl, just blooms a militia of castanets. Seven people were lynched here. I looked it up and nobody will tell me which tree you are not as tired of the image as I am of uncertainty. Every day, the rain threatened. Every day, my same imperious lonely, hear me. The sun ran like a punk. The sun ran like it owed. Not even the gold is trustworthy. Why gold? Because it was the color of my love and by extension, the life I buried here. Gold, the genesis of one lonely. My ancestors were traded near miles from here. Gold, the genesis of another. I know they are not the same in anything but geography. Still, it is an act of flesh just to stand anywhere. Gravity being what it is. Attempt the bolt towards impossible. Night is the lonely into a radiv dreams of living life like a gilded garage flex. The crown of scar tissue, still the crown flex. Go to therapy if you scared flex. Shut the fear out, the opposition flex. Everyday gold for the sake of your attention flex. Your hearingness, a mountain plumed with trees. Branches hemmed like unplayed notes. A history can be undone with less than half an alphabet. Amend the scandal of the time that brought you here then. Fled to flex. Example, my family fled from Mississippi becomes my family flexed from Mississippi. And see, you become the muscle driving you forward. See, you were ugly once because you believed it. Dire invocation. I am some kind of unkillable and don't know how to act every thing I said I couldn't live without gone. Lucky me to be born into a language of mistakes. I leave the violent on scene and watch them wither. Turns out I was their gravity, their forgetful sovereign. I flex, they flinch. The sonics of the words cousins by virtual of a pistol. This is how I was taught to bridle sadness like an American. Run with a band of kids with silver caps so you know we bad, waiting for the bone eviction. Flex like value native to your mouth, tooth out a tiny moon, a shed second grin shimmering in your palm. Flex the loss. The cost is secondary. Hear me. 
a life I had ended while I was trying to pursue the life I wanted by pursuing a lost cobweb as a bride. All of this true, the calcium winnowing under the gold. I widowed my own comfort. I am in danger. I squat an echo. I squat a promise you get dead someday if you touch me, thus I'm untouched. Neglect killed the grass. The dead turned to gold before they resurrect. I am framed by a pastoral. I might have escaped once. Oh, the history. Oh, the lineage, the renowned flex of survivors. I'm here, I'm back, muscled like a creek or the whisper that threads a storm miles later. Maybe not stick to the facts. I'm alive despite a growing and planetary grief. I wear a chain some days and a sweatshirt that translates to I am coming back for what is mine. Gaudy surprise on the faces of children of owners. They think I am impossible. They think I am a ghost. I'm a deuce like my daddy taught me. Their eyes wilt and our ill-tended grapes consumed by the skull. I'm metaphoring. I told you I don't know how to act, but I know how to anthem. My lyric loose and I got time today. I'm the type of bad, no synonym alive, you hold. Well, (laughs) y'all, yo, I said no and parched my mouth with how much I meant it. I did not do what a kiss couldn't. The knuckle, a seed in the soil of the eye. Y'all better give it up for Julian Randall, y'all, and these the pen game of like all these poets. Got me pantomiming in the background, like looking hurt. Like, mmm. <laughs> it's wild, yo. Um, I think it's probably a good time to remind y'all too that um, I don't know if we can get you writing like that, but we do got free writing workshops that the Root Slam does every second and fourth Saturday, which y'all should come on through to. So hit us up on social media at the Root Slam. Also leave a donation on Venmo at the Root Slam. And in the meantime, while y'all doing that, I'm gonna go ahead and pass it on over to my co-host to tell y'all about the next poet. Thank you, thank you. Um, so before I introduce this next poet, um, I'm wondering if any of y'all have heard of the Sealy Challenge. Um, okay, I see, I see some hands. I see some hands. So for those of y'all who have not heard about it, um, it's where you read 31 poetry collections in 31 days. Um, you read a book every day by a different poet for the month of August. And um, today is day number 19. So if you've been following it, you have read 19 books or you're about to complete reading 19 books. Um, But if you haven't heard of this challenge, um, I'm about to tell you about the inventor, the innovator of this challenge, um, which is Nicole Seeley. And um, Nicole Seeley was born in St. Thomas um, and was raised in... Apopka. Thank you, thank you what community looks like. Apaca, Florida. Nicole Seeley is the author of Ordinary Beast, finalist for the Pen Open Book and Hurston Wright Legacy Awards, and the animal after whom other animals are named, winner of the Drinking Gore Chapbook Poetry Prize. Her, her other honors include a Rome Prize for Literature, a Potter F- Fellowship at Princeton University, the Stan, sorry, the Stanley Kunitz Memorial Let me run that back. (laughs) The Stanley Kunitz Memorial Prize from the American Poetry Review, the Poetry International Prize, and a Daniel... Verusian. Verusian, thank you. Award grants from the Elizabeth, George, and Jerome Foundations, as well as fellowships from the Breadloaf Writers Conference, Cantomundo, Cave Canem, McDowell Colony, and the Poetry Project. Her work has appeared in The New Yorker, The New York Times, and elsewhere. Nicole holds an 
MLA in Africana Studies from the University of South Florida and an MFA in Creative Writing from New York University. Formerly the Executive Director at Cave Canem Foundation, she is concurrently a visiting poet at City College of New York and Syracuse University. Please, y'all welcome Nicole Seeley up to our virtual stage. Thank you for the introduction. I have to cut my bio. Um, thank you to Haymarket. Thank you, Tiana. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you, Gabriel. Thank you to the co-readers. It's an honor to be here to read with you and to the audience who I can't see but know is there and looking beautiful. Uh, a few poems, the first of which is the first person who will live to be 150 years old has already been born. And it's for my mom. Scientists say the average human life gets three months longer every year. By this math, death will be optional, like a tie or dessert or suffering. My mother asks whether I'd want to live forever. I'd get bored, I tell her. But she says there's so much to do, meaning she believes there's much she hasn't done. 30 years ago, she was the age I am now, but unlike me, too industrious to think about birds disappeared by rain. If only we had more time or enough money to be kept on ice until such a time, science could bring us back. Of late, my mother has begun to think life short-lived. I'm too young to convince her otherwise. The one and only occasion I was in the same room as the Mona Lisa. It was encased in glass behind what I imagine were velvet ropes. There's far less between ourselves and oblivion. Skin that often defeats its very purpose. Or maybe its purpose isn't protection at all, but rather to provide a place similar to a doctor's waiting room in which to sit until our names are called. Hold your questions until the end. Mother, measure my wide open arms. We still have this much time to kill. Uh, next up is a poem called Medical History. I've been pregnant. I've had sex with a man who's had sex with men. I can't sleep. My mother has, my mother's mother had asthma. My father had a stroke. My father's mother has high blood pressure. Both grandfathers died from diabetes. I drink, I don't smoke. Xanax for flying, propranolol for anxiety, my eyes are bad. I'm spooked by wind. Cousin Lily died from an aneurysm. Aunt Ilda, a heart attack. Uncle Ken, wise as he was, was hit by a car, as if to disprove whatever theory toward which I write. And I understand the stars in the sky are already dead. Some happy poems I'm reading to y'all. Uh, okay, 
It's not fitness, it's a lifestyle. And this poem takes this title from the motto of the luxury gym, Equinox. Again, it's not fitness, it's a lifestyle. I'm waiting for a white woman in this overpriced Equinox to mistake me for someone other than a paying member. I can see it now as I leave the steam room, naked but for my wedding ring, she'll ask whether I finished cleaning it. Every time I'm at an airport, I see a bird flying around inside. So fast, I can't make out its wings. I ask myself, what is it doing here? I've come to answer, what is any of us? All right. Uh, this next poem is entitled Imagine Sisyphus Happy. And then I just have two more, I think. Imagine Sisyphus Happy. Give me tonight to be inconsolable so the death drive does not declare itself, so the moonlight does not convince sunrise. I was born before sunrise, when morning masquerades as night, the temperature of blood quivering like a mouth in mourning. How do we author our gentle birth, the height we were? Were we gods rolling stars across a sundog sky, the same as scarabs? We fit somewhere between God and mineral, angel and animal, believing a thing as sacred as the sun rises and falls like an ordinary beast. Deer sniff lifeless fawns before leaving. Elephants encircle the skulls and tusks of their dead, none wanting to leave the bones behind, none knowing their leave will lessen the loss. But birds pluck their own feathers. Dogs lick themselves to wound. Allow me this luxury. Give me tonight to cut and salt the open. Give me a shovel to uproot the mandrake and listen for its scream. Give me a face that toils so closely with stone, it is itself stone. I promise to enter the flesh again. I promise to circle, to ascend. I promise to be happy tomorrow. All right, just two more. Thank you guys. I see your hands going. All right, even the gods. Even the gods misuse the unfolding blue. Even the gods misread the wind flowers nod towards sunlight as consent to consume. Still, you envy the horse that draws their chariot, bone of their bone. The wilting mash of air alone keeps you from scaling Olympus with gifts of dead or dying things dangling from your mouth. Your breath like the sea inching away. It is rumored gods grow where the blood of a hanged man drips. You insist on being this man. The gods abuse your grace. 
Still, you'd rather live among the clear, cloudless white, enjoying what is left of their ambrosia. Who should be happy this time? Who brings cake to whom? Pray the gods do not misquote your covetous pulse for chaos, the black from which they were conceived. Even the eyes of gods must adjust to light. Even gods have gods. And my final poem is for this um, unnamed poet called John. Just kidding. Um, it's called Object Permanence. It's from my husband, John. He's great. He's a good poet. We wake as if surprised the other is still there, each petting the sheet to be sure. How have we managed our way to this bed, beholden to heat like dawn indebted to light? Though we're not so self-important as to think everything has led to this, everything has led to this. There's a name for the animal love makes of us, named, I think, like rain for the sound it makes. You are the animal after whom other animals are named. Until there's none left to laugh, days will start with the same startle and end with caterpillars gorged on milkweed. Oh, how we entertain the angels with our brief animation. Oh, how I'll miss you when we're dead. Thank you. Wow, 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 wow. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Um, that was so gorgeous. Um, I'm, um, wow. Um, yes, I heard you say um, there is a name for the animal love makes of us. And just um, thinking about object permanence and returning to that poem often, it's so wonderful to hear you read it. Thank you for sharing that with us. And also thank you for, for leading us in this challenge, um, um, pushing us to read, uh, inspiring us to read, um, and just pushing the art in that way and, and pushing so many of us to engage with poetry in a way that um, you know challenges us. Um, so thank you so much. We inspire um, each other, thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I'm gonna pass it to Gabe and he's gonna let us know who our last poet of the night is. Yeah. So if we were able to gather in person, this would be the time where I get y'all really hype and be like, if y'all ready for our last poet, be like, yeah. But so since we can't do that, though, but since y'all are probably on the Internet, if y'all consuming this, what you can do is you can buy their books. So look up these poets, see how many like books you can grab and add it to your bookshelf and maybe read it for the Sealy Challenge. It's still time. Um, but I'm very excited to get to introduce you to our final poet that's going to be blessing us today. Elizabeth Acevedo is a New York Times best-selling author of The Poet X with The Fire on High and Clap When You Land. Her critically acclaimed debut novel, The Poet X, won the 2018 National Book Award for Young People's Literature. She's also the recipient of the Pritz Award for Excellence in Young Adult Fiction, the Sillip Carnegie Medal, and Boston Globe Hornbook Award. Additionally, she was honored with the 2019 Pure Belpre 
I'm pronouncing, I'm trying. <laughs> Bell Prey Author Award for celebrating, affirming, and portraying Latinx culture and experience. Her books include Beast Girl and Other Origin Myths from Yes Yes in 2016, The Poet X, and With the Fire on High. She holds a BA in Performing Arts from the George Washington University and an MFA in Creative Writing from the University of Maryland. Acevedo has been a fellow of Cave Canem, Canto Mundo, and a participant in the Callaloo Writers Workshop. She is a National Poetry Slam champion and resides in Washington, D.C. with her love. Can y'all please clap it up, snap it up, give that virtual and ASL applause for Elizabeth Acevedo. Hey, beautiful people. Um, Toca la clave. Suena el bombo. Espérate. <laughs> um, I'm so happy. Hold on, you can turn in the, in the computer chair, too. Um, I hate going last because all I have in my brain are like all of the beautiful lines that, that y'all got to say. I keep saying it over and over. This is the reading like I have been so hyped for it because I mean the homies and I'm looking at all of your little screens and being like, you can see me. I love you. Hi. So I, I want to start off with this poem. It's the most recent um, poem I've written and it, and it was written in June when there was a spaceship launch and all kinds of things happening. This is called sending smoke signals to Mars. Standing on top my rooftop, waving a black flag. Ayo! And sometimes I swear on my mother, I hear the corresponding, I? This is the way of islands. I learned in Harlem. I learned in history. The day another black person is executed under the wide open sky with the universe watching a spaceship launch, the canoes, the Taino say, after Columbus returned to Spain, after they killed the contingency of Spaniards he'd left behind, after they burned down the settlement he demanded built, after to the canoes, the Tainos navigated island to island to island to island, phone tag from Anacaona to Moctezuma. I have no dreams to stake flag into red dirt, have enough dark side right here. And sometimes my itch to discover some shit that ain't my business, goosebumps my flesh. I'm not saying it's not in me. I'm saying La Negra is here always, like India is here first, paddles shushing in the waters, flags waving in the air. The devil is not coming for you. We warn our cousins in the stars. This is called Bachateame, an ode. Um, bachata was the first kind of music I learned to dance. And, um, I mean, I don't think there's anything better than that three count. I <laughs> am obsessed with, with, uh, with the music of, of everything bachata represents being the music that was for sex workers, that was for the poor, that was for los campesinos, right. That wasn't good enough for the white people's ballrooms and for what it's become, right. How it held on to a lot of those sounds is just, uh, means a lot to me. And, and this piece is uh, one of the many odes that I'm working on in a collection that is forthcoming one day, maybe. <laughs> Bachateame. At a day party, the man I danced with 
tells me I have good form for ballroom. You should take lessons. Between turns, I teethe those words. I was incubated in rum-dripped lyric. The three counts in my marrow. With budding breasts, I learned how two sets of thighs link like corresponding sockets. They echo the mating call and response between guitar and guida. Scrape me from here on the dance floor. I once bit a boy I did not know. It was the song I explained to my cousins and nobody flinched. Drawn blood is expected and so is the slow, the turn, the shuffle. An old man like shuffle hands over heart shimmy. This is where I first bloomed the word voracious. Where rosary clutching theas pretended they could not smell lust. This impure amargo, campesino music, a pulses for rainy season, the bad crop of tobacco and failed love. And what fucking fancy step could your instructor teach me, sir? Spell casting be enshrined in the hips. It is so strange to do a reading in silence, which is probably why this is one of my first, <laughs> one of the very few that I've done. Um, I've been super homesick. I haven't seen my mom in like seven months. Um, it's the longest I've ever gone without seeing my folks. And so um, the adult novel that I'm working on is loosely based on her family. And I've been spending a lot with the like myths that I've been told of who we are and that I've had to um, kind of grapple with what I thought about certain peoples and as I get older and being told new kinds of stories. And my father is someone who doesn't talk much. He, didn't, he doesn't tell me um, about his parents. He hasn't told me a lot of his upbringing. And one day he got hella drunk, right? He was out here with all the Brugal and somehow all of these stories started coming out. I was also with all of the Brugal. And so I'm like trying to frantically write down these notes. And um, this poem was one that I wrote at Cave Canem after sitting with those notes for a while. And I, I want to share it here because this, this poem would not have come forth if it hadn't been for Falu, for Nicole in that particular season, right? But for all of the folks who I think um, make this languaging of this in-betweenness, you know, fully possible. The accordion player's granddaughter. 1949, rural Hispaniola, típico was not gracing ballrooms. When I imagine an accordionist, I think of an old white man on TV playing polka, not Dominican merenguero, or the slow grind of a sound that dips your pelvis, pulls your body back up with a quick wind, the face of an instrument open on a slow breath. My father's father couldn't not be a somebody told my grandmother he would return one last tour before the baby's born. My father's father didn't know he was having a boy. The only memory my father has of his father, 11 years old, in the back of a nightclub, Uncle Nini took him to see a band. The man under the light squeezed, the bellows shut, and could this not be unlike the breath my father must have taken in that moment? A collapse an unintentional swelling under the hands. I like to imagine that the sticky rum on the floor was not the only reason my father was frozen in place, that my father's father knew to look up, knew his blood was alive and young in the room. My father's father, did his fingers falter? 
I cannot say my father's father's name. I do not know if I have ever known it. Reporters ask my origins for becoming this kind of griot, and I talk of storytellers in my matrilineal line. Today is my 40th tour stop in three months. I tell my husband I miss him. He doesn't ask why it is I keep on leaving, why I still have not removed my IUD. The point is I'm answering with blood. The lung of all of this still expanding. And then I want to close on one last poem. I don't want to go over time too far. Um, This is the piece that I was so lucky, ended up in the Latinx anthology. And thank goodness that I had Willie Perdomo (laughs) who workshopped this poem and was like, baby girl, what you doing? You going to send that poem or not? Right. And so uh, this is for... This is for Joelle Santana. This is for Dipset. This is for 145th Street. This is for Amsterdam. Like this is just um, for every little shorty who had to stand on a train and and feel like you were probably occupying space that was a completely different world from some of the people on that train. Ode to Dipset. And thank you all so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. I have not felt this nourished in a long time, so I'm completely delighted to be here with y'all. Ode to Dipset. The group of young boys huddled near the emergency brake of the nine train, carrying on their sidekicks, Harlem's diplomats to the world, Jim, Jewels, Cam, Cocky, rocking along with the train, their voices on the screeching tracks, skipping in certain sections. And the train car is packed. The polite folk with briefcases and the viejitas on their way home cringe. But those boys, they grin. And I too quietly mouth the words. I think it was on 79th Street when the old white lady stood up, shuffling through the open doors. But before the ding, ding, the reminder to stand clear, the old white lady leans her head back in, disrupted the stifled air. This is why we made you sit on the back of the bus. And what none of us said, bitch, ain't you heard? This here is a northbound train. And what none of us said, which is dusty ass self, waiting until the door's closing to say some punk ass shit. And when none of us said, hey, your conductor, hold this train real quick. And when none of us said, oh, you're hoping for a tate quieto. And what none of us said, none of us had to say, because Dipset careened out of the phone speakers, all high horns and high hats and high ass cells, all brash and bass and anointment on our heads. Spectacular, yes, spectacular, yes, spectacular, yes. One word to describe me, spectacular, yes. Shout out to all of us. Love y'all. Thank you so much for having me. Come on, yo. Shout out, shout out, shout out. Thank you so much, Elizabeth Acevedo. Blessing us with that dipset. I know DJ Sandy be playing it right now if Dipset wouldn't immediately take this video off of YouTube. So shout out to Copyright Free Music and doing workarounds. And also shout out wherever you are. Can we snap it up, clap it up for all the poets that just blessed us on this microphone? 
what an amazing show. I'm so excited that this thing came together. I'm so happy and grateful just to like, be able to hold this space. We got folks dancing. We got folks laughing, nourishing each other. We even got folks booed up and drinking wine. So <laughs> here for all the love and all the bookshelves. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pass it to Tiana to continue the affirmations. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank y'all so much. Um, so yes, I, I just want to give more thanks. Um, so again, thank you to every poet that has read, that has been in space with us. Thank you to our audience. Um, thank you to everybody who has ha had a hand in putting together um, the Breakbeats uh, Poets Volume 4 edition. Um, like, this is so beautiful and amazing. And it's so wonderful to, to be in space with so many Black Latinx folks. Um, and so, yeah, thank y'all for taking the time. I know it's a Wednesday and it's like, you know, depending on where you are, the time is, I don't know what time it is, but you could be doing anything <laughs> during your quarantine time, but you're here. And so thank y'all so much for rocking with us and, and celebrating these poets and this work with us. Yes, yes, y'all. And shout out to the folks that are going to be tuning into this later. You know, so thank you so much. And also want to remind everybody um, to follow The Root Slam on social media because we be doing fly events like this all the time and writing workshops too. So come in and tap in with us. Come to our writing workshops. Also donate to us at The Root Slam on Venmo. Again, 50% of those donations are going to be going to Roots Community Health Center in East Oakland. So we're trying to keep community safe, especially our Black and Latinx community and they're doing really good work. And plus 50% of those proceeds come back to The Root Slam so we can keep doing fly stuff like this too. Because um, we try to keep the work free but yeah, sometimes it costs a little bit of money to afford microphones and stuff like that. And last but not least, also want to shout out the Breakbeat Poets Volume 4, like it's been shouted out the whole time. Make sure to hit up Haymarket Books, the website, to grab this thing. And also want to affirm that, yeah, these are just a few of the Black Latinx voices that are represented in this anthology. And there's so many mighty voices that could have been up in this virtual room with us. So grab this thing and support their work and um, support good work out in the space. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, subscribe to our podcast and to the Haymarket Books YouTube channel, where events like this one are hosted live. And don't forget to check out haymarketbooks.org.